Welcome to... We literally just sat down. Yeah. There was a little running around before, right before this. Welcome to Cabinet Your Career. Today's topic is qualities that recruiters look for in candidates. I am your host, the career coach with the most, Jason Hopper. With me today is my co-host, the super senior director of career financial services, Miss Allison Harding. Allison... Welcome to Cabinet Your Career. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening to this because it's a really important topic um, to be able to start your journey on getting an interview. Yes, and I am checking, and we are now live. So live stream is working. There are currently lots more people popping in. There's at least four of y'all out there watching. Uh Somewhere we are watching from, introduce yourself, get uh, connected to everybody else in the chat. And uh, you know what? I mean, we haven't done a giveaway in a while, so we're going to give something away at the end of the, uh, okay. the, end of the project. Good so. Idea. so just to let everybody know, we do record these, and um, Jason and our team, marketing team here, put them on, or leave them on LinkedIn Live, am I correct? Yes. And we will be putting them back on YouTube. They used to be on YouTube, and... Um, we sort of got lazy on that. So we're well, that no, again. we didn't. We there, we've had some changes in our marketing department, and so you know, it's yeah. not you know that's that's the truth. Yeah. We had some changes in the marketing department, and we're going to get them back up on YouTube. And right. Back on but the reason I bring that up is if you want to hear this again, like last week we had how many people view it? We had eighteen people last week. But how many viewed it afterwards? Oh, 163 people viewed it after. So it's important for everyone to know that if you miss something or want to review something or look at something, you can do it on, on LinkedIn. Yes. Uh, thank you, Yolanda, letting us know that we are live. Yolanda Chen. Drew Dunn. Welcome back, Drew. Drew is back from uh, his vacation. I see Mary out there and Steven Springer. Good to see you, buddy. It was nice to meet you in person this past week at our uh, in-person networking event. Okay. Steven popped in. I didn't get a chance. Steve, and we, we've been DMing back and forth, too. We didn't get a chance to really talk, but he, he's coming back uh, next week. So, by the way, guys, next week is our uh, second in-person networking event for January. And, Allison, you're presenting. Mm-hmm. On um, the inner uh, silencing your inner silencing critic. Silencing the inner critic. I forgot how we titled it. <laughs> and, and the reason we feel that's so important is when you're going through job search, um, sometimes there's um, confusion within yourself. What should I be doing? How should I be doing? I'm not doing a good job. Am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? All those things. That's that inner critic. And um, we talk about some of the psychology behind it and how to get out of it, how to make it positive instead of negative, how to improve the way you think about yourself, and the way you think about what you're doing. And that's really, really important. Yes, absolutely. Um, because, and I think we've all been there, you know, you start to apply, or you talk to people, you get the interviews, it doesn't work, and you start to internalize. You question yourself. And that's not where you want to be. You don't. You want to be confident. So guys, show up. It is next Thursday at 3 o'clock. If you want to attend, drop me an email. Let me know you want to come. It's uh, the letter J, Hopper, H-O-P-P-E-R, at jfsdallas.org. Space is limited. Or you can call and um, leave a message at... My phone is 469-206-1667. That goes directly to my desk. So. And if you want an appointment to meet with a career coach, you can call 972-437-9950, extension 379. Leave a message and somebody from the Career and Financial Services team will get back to you within 48 hours. That's way too many phone numbers for me to remember in a oh, short no. period of time. Harding, so stop throwing I'll, things I'll, at me. I'll, All right, guys, we're going to get into today's topic. I'm very excited. You can tell that a little caffeine today. This is caffeinate your, your caffeinate your career coach today. So, you know... First impressions count, and you will never get a second chance to make a first impression. And guys, just so you know, there are some common traits that recruiters look for 
pretty much all across the board. It doesn't matter if you are a senior project manager or you're working shipping and receiving, driving a forklift in a warehouse, some trades are going to be universal, right? Um, the, and if you can exhibit that you have these traits, you will definitely be standing out among your competition. And the first one, and probably the most important, is passion. Because skills can be taught. But why? Like why you want to work here? Can't. Right? Um, in fact, I was just talking to, you know, I was talking to Ruth yesterday mm -hmm. about this because, um, so we do have an open position for, I forgot the title of it. It's like, um, I think it's like a case manager or social worker. It's a case manager position. You um, do not have to have a degree. No. Nope. In, in, you have to have a degree. You don't have to have a degree in social work. Correct. And Ruth and I were talking and she said, what I'm looking for more than anything is somebody that has Passion that has a willingness to want to work with our our members is what they call them at, at Clubhouse, and so um, we kind of discussed. It's like more kind of, it's more like a kind of a, I don't know, a cheerleader kind of role where you're encouraging people and you're positive and excited. And so, um, but she said that's the number one thing that she looks for. Not so much. It, she said usually everybody has some kind of a social work background, but it's that wanting. To get involved, and she used um, uh, Daniel as an example. And she said he came to go and interview. And when they interviewed, they had to volunteer for a day. And he, his volunteer time was over, and he stayed and hung out and watched a movie with him. Like after, like like he was in it, right? It's like, yep. And he's he's amazing. I've seen him over there, and uh, it's you know it's a good hire. So um, you know, I think that uh, more than anything, employers are looking to. Figure out why. Why you want to be here. Um, so I did in my in my research, guys, I did some research, and I uh, read a survey from Deloitte and that passion is made up of the following characteristics, all right? This is the only time I'm going to read to you today. <laughs> a long-term commitment towards a specific domain or field that is goal-oriented and unruffled by short-term turbulence. A questioning disposition where they're always seeking knowledge and skills from new challenges. Yes. A connecting disposition, meaning a tendency to form strong, trust-based, long-term relationships. If you are passionate about the job and your work, you're going to be very much engaged. So those are big words to say, I really want to do this because I believe in it. Mm -hmm. It's part of who I am. And passion doesn't always have to do with the job. You may be passionate about um, your exercise routine. Um, people are really into yoga or walking or running or triathlons or whatever it is. They all have that same desire to gain more knowledge, get better, want to be involved with. And so that passion doesn't have to be towards JFS, so to speak, if you're coming here to apply for a position. What it has to be is towards what our mission is to help others. And so um, when you apply to a position, think about it for yourself and say, do I really want to be doing this? Is yes. this where I want to be for the next five years? Or longer. Or longer. I have to be much longer. Yes. I tell clients all the time. This is not a job. This is a calling. Right? Just what I want to do. Um, which is why I hope I get to be here longer than five years. Um, so, guys, uh, some questions that recruiters may ask to determine uh, if you're passionate about the position is, you know, why do you want to work for us? Right? We talked about that. Nobody can define that but you is the actual why. And how do you figure that out? Why? How? Well, you need to know what it is that you are interested in. And that the company aligns with, with your values, your values yes. and interests. Yeah. So that means you have to do some research, not only about yourself, but about wherever it is that you're applying to. Yeah. Well, I mean, you should be doing your research anyway yes, when, you you're, when so. you're kind of getting into this company. But, but and we talked about that um, 
uh, previously about making sure that you want to make sure that your values align with the company. Because if they're out of whack, it's, it's not going to work. Right. Right. Um, that that was a, when we talked about culture and types of culture. Um, what makes you excited about this role? Why do you want to be here? Um, and then how would you stay up to date in the field? It's kind of an important one because you don't want to stagnate. Um, it's good to learn new skills. So it's interesting, and I'm not going to say the specific location where this occurred, but we have someone who came to us from a university. And um, as much as I love universities and education, this person was graduating and went to their own career center and had a resume design. The person I don't think is keeping up with what is going on currently because it wasn't oh, yeah. a well put together resume. Yeah, yeah. whoever helped that person didn't really help them at all. I got that resume, I was like, oh my goodness. Oh my. So the reason I'm bringing this up, not to say anything about universities because some keep up with what is happening currently, some do not. So that's why when Jason said, how do you stay up to date in this field? You have to research, study, read, go to other networking groups, listen to other webinars, listen to um, other people more knowledgeable than you to be able to learn what's happening to make it better for the people around you. In our situation, better is for each other and for our clients. Right. Well, I think that's that can be a, a problem with organizations um, that are like us, right? nonprofits, and trying to help people, and that they've done it a specific way for so long. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is how we do it. This is what gets results. Yeah, that got results five, six years ago, but now it's 2023, and some things are a little bit different to change, and you're not up to date on it. I've seen right. it, right? Right. And I'm like, mm, okay, well. Yeah, it's so at JFS, as an example, we have um, once a month um, CEUs. Um, and those are our um, credits that can apply to your licensure so you can keep your licensure. So our clinicians stay up to date in different areas. It's not always the same topic. The topic changes. And oftentimes the topic has to do with things that we do in career services. Right. So it's not just geared towards one element of our organization, but the overall organization. And so we can go to those and learn new things about how people think and how they process and how they do different things. It's also good. I, I go to them when I'm able to, and if I think the topic is going to be helpful, but it's also good to show up and collaborate with the clinicians. It's good to network within your own organization yeah. to get the best results for everybody. For sure. So, next qualities that recruiters look for is uh, people that have high EQ. Allison, you, I, we talked about this a little bit just a minute ago, and you actually got, you went down rabbit hole and just did. got this like topic kind of uh, a lot sorted out than the notes that I have. You, you're more prepared on this one than me. So, um, IQ, EQ. To me, I was equating them very similar. And they're not. And so IQ is the ability to solve problems and communicate um, complex issues. So we have a problem within our department, whatever it is. We need IQ-wise to be able to sit down and navigate that problem and be able to solve it, no matter how easy or difficult it is. EQ is the ability to recognize emotion and use that awareness to guide decisions. So even though we may come up with a good um, decision for what the problem is, how do we get it across so that everybody can accept and adapt to it? And that's that um, emotional, it, it's called emotional quotient, EQ, but more likely it's called emotional um, intelligence. And so that emotional intelligence, if you don't have it or you don't allow it to navigate what your challenges are, sometimes you may have the answer but you won't like the way I present it or the way I talk about it or the way I can institute it to make it better for our organization. It's um, of being self-aware, 
right? Like knowing who you are and how you handle. That was one of the things that uh, was in uh, the research that I did. Is, is are you able to keep calm under pressure and keep the team on track, right? Is it are you able to figure out um, how to move through and improve your soft skills like communication and time management and um, empathy? Right? It's a big one. Right. I, um, so that EQ is more important today than it ever was. And I'm saying that because of the um, devastating effects of the pandemic on so many people. Mm -hmm. So prior to that, you would go in, go to work, there's a problem. Oh my goodness, let's solve the problem. Well, I don't like the way it was done, but okay. And that, that festers inside you. Whereas that EQ, that, that emotional intelligence and being able to communicate things better and um, with a more in tune um, knowledge of the people around you and yourself. So as Jason said, it's your own emotional intelligence. It's your own ability to navigate those things as well as your team and the other people that are working with you for you, above you, around you, all those things. Yeah, uh, just, just looking at the chat. So, Coy uh, uh, popped in there and said good morning. Coy Burner and also Carlos Kuros has now joined us as well, my buddy CJ. Um, and so, there are ways that you can um, check your EQ level, right? <coughs> and Choking up my own spit. My own spit. <laughs> so while he's choking, <laughs> I'm getting um, that under control, Allison. <laughs> so sometimes we look at ourselves and say, I've got this, but it's not presented right. So, or somebody is talking to you and you don't hear it the way it was. Um, supposed to be presented. So uh, that's what's so difficult about emails. Mm -hmm. Somebody says something yeah. in an email and you get offended by it. It's like you call that person and what? Why did you say that? And they're saying, say what? I, I didn't mean anything by it. You know, all those types of things. It happens in interviews too. And so your ability to have an emotional intelligence and be able to show that in an interview is very important. And some of those things would be like the fact that you don't become defensive when you're criticized. I'm not saying if I came up and said, Jason, that was the dumbest thing you've ever done. That you're going to be upset about. But if I came up to you and said, hey, I think we could probably do it better if we did this. It's still a criticism, but it's presented a different way. I have to understand, or if he said to me, you know what, I don't want you in this group because um, I want to have Brenda and um, Sheree because I'm going to be talking about financial coaching, and even though you're certified, you're not as good as they are. I can understand that. If he came in and said, you know what, you're not very smart in financial coaching, I want somebody else, I'd be, oh, excuse me? So it's the way it's presented on, and the way it's heard. Right. And uh, just for the record, I want you in every group. <laughs> it's, it's all how it's, it, it's, it's that, but it's not, not how it's said, because you, you, you know, what you just said is, you know, that was a stupid idea, right? I'm like, well, that's rude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but at the same. But how would your feelings be after that, too? That's where all this. Right. Is. That's exactly correct. But but. I think one of the things that our team does very well is is that collaboration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We just had this conversation right before, right? Like, like, how are we going to do this? What's going to be better? So it was like, no, let's do this. And I, you were like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. But because it's like, but that's the other, other part, right? Because, and, you know, we've had some of those conversations and it's not like that it is mean or it hurts my feelings because it doesn't because I know more than anything else the intent is pure mm -hmm. you're not out to hurt me right even though some of the things you say would be like okay I'm gonna have to think about that one for a minute yeah some of the conversations are not they're they're difficult 
So it doesn't mean that you have to soft, soft soap everything. What it means is you have to present it properly. Um, and Jason hit it right on the head. We only talk to each other like that because we want each other to improve, to get better right. at what they do. Right. So um, some of the things it says, you know, to to I do not become defensive when criticized. Right. Talked about that. That's the common depression we talked about. Uh, uh, I manage anxiety, stress, anger, fear in pursuit of a goal. That one I like. And so, what does that mean? Well, like you're letting your emotions control or dictate how you uh, handle the project or the situation, mm -hmm. right? And and when you are able to take the emotion out of it, which is very hard, but um, but once you take it out, and and this now this is where it applies to, to job search, right? Because because what happens is you interview, mm -hmm. you don't get the job, and there's that feeling of, of self-doubt, that, that, that self-criticism we were just talking about, we we're going to talk about more next week at, at our live event. And, and now you're, you're just like upset and mad, and you're still like going through the process, the job search process, but now it's affecting your mindset. I tell clients all the time, <laughs> they made a choice. They made a business decision. Most of the time, why you're chosen or not chosen for a job has nothing to do with, I wish I hadn't said it like that. I'm sure that, it, that I didn't, you know what I mean? It's not that one thing that you said that sunk the whole thing. Right. right. It's like, like it, it's not, it, most of the time it has nothing to do with you. Right. They went with somebody that had a little bit more experience in a specific, say, software they use on the daily or they, the other person just kind of clicked a little bit better with the hiring manager. Or, you know, uh, you know what, we can play what if all day. I don't want to keep playing what if. But it has nothing to do with you. And so if you can put the emotion part down and realize that it's just business, you move along through the process a lot better. That, it's hard to do. So when we're talking about these things, we want everybody to understand these concepts um, are not some are not always easy. No. And so intellectually you understand, but emotionally it still hurts. Yeah. It just does. So some of the um, other levels um, to grow from criticism and feedback from people. So um, we get a review once a year. Mid-year we, we review what we talked about six months ago. There may be some criticism and feedback in that. Instead of getting upset about it, say, well, I did that. Okay, tell me how we could do it better. So there's a way to be able to take that information and improve yourself intellectually and emotionally. Yeah. To be able to fulfill what the goals are. Well, and, and especially in that instance, in applying it to job seekers, yes. because, you know, some people will ask the interviewer, you know, is there any feedback that you can give me so that I can improve on my next one? By the way, you probably won't get feedback um, because they don't want to open themselves up to a lawsuit. Mm -hmm. But... Ask anyways. Yeah, I mean, you can ask. If you don't ask, you already have the answer. So no. <laughs> so but you, at the end of the you interview, might as well ask. I always think a good question is, is there anything that we have or have not talked about that you have a concern that I can't do the job well. Yes. So you may be able to do the job. Can you do it as well as they want you to? Yeah, I phrase that differently, but yes, that's correct. Um, it get, that way, if they have any questions or anything else lingering, they have the chance to answer. You got a chance to Rebuttal. step that up, right? Um, be positive. Be positive. I mean, that you just have to. People get angry. We talk, I, I um, led a class yesterday um, on um, change, okay? And one of the things that we talk about in change is when something happens to you, you move, you're, you're, you, you lose your job, you get laid off, you get terminated, you get outsourced, I mean, all these different things. You go into sort of a, a brain drain mind spin. You just 
oh, what's going to happen? I can't pay my bills. They didn't give me very much severance or any at all. Um, they didn't treat me right. Why was it me? Why wasn't it, you know, you start going through all this. When you go for an interview, you cannot take that with you. No. You have to leave that in the trash can, in the kitchen, when you walk out the door, or when you go do that Zoom interview. It's important that you're, you, you have to learn to, and it's not easy, this is hard, that you have to accept what's going on around you and that something better is going to happen, and it's going to happen in this interview. Well, it's, um, you know, and I've been talking with some clients a little bit more about this. It's, it's living in the present. Yes. Because what has happened in the past, it's done. We can't change it. Can't change it. And then, you know, there's oftentimes a fear of the future, like you know, you're scared to fail, or you know, I'm worried that if I try this, somebody's going to think that you know I'm not good enough, or whatever the whatever the situation is, um, or I don't want to create content on LinkedIn because people are going to judge me, or They're whatever, laugh at me. whatever the whatever that is. That's over here. That's like the unknown. But being in the present moment and looking forward and looking forward, that's right, is I think one of the things that makes a huge, huge difference. In yeah, I, I agree with that. We could talk more about the EQ, but we're going to move on to to the next one. And in fact, we might we're talking about we might we just might make that a whole topic. So. We are going to. So, uh, the next thing that uh, employers are looking for in candidates is commitment. What does that mean, Jason? Essentially, they want to make sure that you're not going to be leaving in you know six months to a year. Um, again, we were talking about the values and values aligning with you and your and the company, like. It costs money every time somebody is gone in a position. When the position is open, not only does it cost the company money, but now you got a whole department that's stressed out because the work's still there, right? And so now you and Phil, I'm, I'm gone for whatever reason, and now you and Phil have to pick up the rest of my, well, I don't know why I'm gone. No, I'm not gone for anybody. I don't know why I put me in that scenario. I'm gone. No, no you, you I don't want you to go out. I don't want when Mitch retired, yeah. shout out to Mitch. Mitch retired after 27 years of being here. And uh, Mitch left. And then me and you and Phil had a meeting to sit down and, like, you know, who are his current clients and who's going to be assigned to him, who's going to, you know what I mean? And, and now we've got, like, uh, I don't know, six to eight extra clients we weren't counting on having, right? Mm -hmm. And it was a little, like, not stressful. I don't think there's a lot of stress, but there was a... a bit of extra work involved that we weren't expecting. And same thing, anytime anybody leaves in an apartment, somebody, like the work's still there, somebody has to assume those responsibilities. Companies don't want departments that are upset and stressed, so they want to make sure they're filling the, the position with the right person. Um, sometimes that's why we have two, three interviews, because um, they want to make sure that they have that the correct person in the job so that they're not and so that they are committed mm -hmm. to the goal and that they're not in the same position looking later down the line. So I think that commitment is looked at differently at different times in your careers. And today, um, people that are younger change jobs more frequently. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad thing. It used to be a bad thing. Um, years ago, if you had more than one or two jobs in five to ten years, it was like, oh my gosh, they're a job hopper. And today, it's looked at differently. Right. But that's so that right. commitment to the company, to the job, to what you're doing while you're there is immensely important. Should you stay for at least a year? Absolutely. Should you stay longer? Yeah, you really should, but you have to be happy to. Right. Well, that's... That, you're correct. Good job history used to be five years, ten years. Mm -hmm. That's not even a thing anymore. It's mm -hmm. two to three years at mm -hmm. best, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that that's just that's something that, that uh, Gen Z changed, but 
completely because they want to quality of life and learning new things over, you know, being, or I guess we, we could say like the days of you were, unlike Mitch, who was here for 27 years, that's the anomaly today. Right. 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 I mean, it's just not. But I do want to say every company has an exit strategy for their employees and they, you know that it's in your handbook. And so if you have to be there for, like at JFS, you have to stay four weeks. You have to give four weeks notice. And you do that because we have notes about people that have to be completed. Mm-hmm. And all the information has to be updated for the person who takes over after you. So four weeks is the timeline. If you come in on Monday and say, Friday's my last day, that means you're not rehirable. You, you can't come back. It could be other places. And we always tell our clients, Whatever the the, the um, rule of thumb is for that company, you have to abide by that, because otherwise, you can't be rehired. There are people who have left JFS who have given all the right notices and all done all the right things, and a couple of years later they'll come back and say, you know what, the grass isn't greener, and I'd rather be back with you guys. And we do hire them back. So if you do things the right way. Um, and always remember that it's important that you know that you can be rehired. Yes. Versus not. Yeah. Uh, we did have a question. By the way, I do see you, uh, Sean, Sharon, and Robert Tolbert. Hi there. Um, are there consequences that are not looking for a long-term uh, employee? I'm not sure I understand what the question is. Are there consequences that are not looking for a long-term employee? I don't, uh, Robert, I need some clarification on that. Yeah. Tell me what, tell me what you mean, uh, and I will, and Allison will answer your question. So, um, so it might, there are bridge jobs that are short-term jobs that you take to pay your bills. Yeah, sure. And we've all done it. We have all done it. No, we have not all done it. Many of us have done it. I have done it. And so that is not a negative on your resume or when you're talking to someone. Yeah, I don't know if that's what you mean or not. Right. <clears throat> so you may get a job at Macy's and be there for four months because you know that they're paying $15 an hour. You need that money. They'll pay you 30. You're working 30 hours a week, but you still have time to do your job search. You get a job. You still have to give Macy's that notice. The other bit of that, when you look at bridge jobs or even taking a short-term contract job through a staffing company is that the, the extra benefit of it, well, there's a couple, there's really not any downside to it. Right. Like you're out. <laughs> a lot of people don't get out of their house. You're out of the house. You're talking to people, networking, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and you got some cash flow now coming in. And it might just be $15 an hour, but like it's better than the zero you're making currently just sitting at home doing nothing but trying to apply to jobs. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, I, I think I think it's uh, always a great idea to get a bridge job. So um, and Robert said uh, companies. Oh. Are there companies that look for Oh, uh, companies not looking for long-term employees. No, employees with good job history. Are there, he's, he, I think he's asking, if I'm reading this correctly, you're asking, do employers view long-term job history as a negative? No. No, absolutely not. No, it only like strengthens the um, your position as a candidate because typically you will have had a couple of different roles within the uh, organization so that shows growth and also too that longevity shows that the um you know you're committed Mm -hmm. right which is what you're talking about that you're committed and also too it's obviously got a good environment attached to it um so no those are all positive things that's a really good question though um i have a position my department right now a new position and um, I have people who've been in their jobs applying one or two years, and I have people who have been in their jobs for long periods of time. And it's really the skill set because it's a really unique job. But it's the why. It's the why. Why do you want to work here? Uh, next up, communication. And now this is not only just the verbal communication, 
but your written communication, we're talking about emails. Do your emails sound positive? Do they sound um, professional? Um, but also social media as well, right? Are you posting content on LinkedIn? How is your brand coming along? Is it going to be in line with your next opportunity, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and it gets back to, uh, you know, and, and by the way, that's a skill. Mm -hmm. I mean, same thing for like, because, you know, when you communicate, not only, and we were just talking, right? Because like what you, it's like, well, what you said and what I heard are two different things, mm -hmm. right? And that happens a lot. There's a communication breakdown, which is, you know, uh, I think working on that active listening, like just listening is a skill, is one of the things that's, that's very important so that I don't misinterpret. And if there is any miscommunication, are you able to, you know, iron it out? and effectively uh, interpret what the other person is actually saying. So I truly feel communication, both listening and speaking, are two of the most important things in any job. If you can't listen... <laughs> See, now I interrupted the whole thing right there. I just screwed up all of that. Just because I thought, I think I'm funny. Go, go ahead, <laughs> um, Being able to listen is a skill. Yes. And when um, you're asked your strengths, when people, and it happens very rarely, say, oh, I'm a really good listener, and I'll say, what does that mean? And when they can actually give me an example of why it's so important, that person moves up on the scale. Mm -hmm. On the other side, I think a good strength is being able to talk well and understand other people. That's that EQ. Mm -hmm. And so that communicate, you know, all these feed into each other. Yes, they do. So because of that, it's important when people can listen, not interrupt, not predetermine what your answer is. Wait a second or two and then respond. Mm -hmm. Because to me, that means that you did listen and you are trying to put together what your answer should be. I, I think that's absolutely correct. Um, and in an interview, it's really important. Right. You definitely do not want to interrupt the interviewer while they're talking. But you also want to be able to give the, the correct response. So that's why that listening and that waiting for a second or two, or two so that you can put together your answer well is so important. Yes. Um, the other bit of communication that oftentimes gets overlooked is, is body language. Oh, absolutely. That's right. Yep. Yep. I agree. So it's interesting. Um, I was at, I'm in a book club and I was there last night and uh, a person's husband is interviewing for a new job and she said, does he have to wear a suit? I oh. said, absolutely not. But I say that not knowing where he's going to interview or what the well, job is. Right. So when I said that, I had to sort of backtrack and say, call me tomorrow and we'll talk it through. But yeah. Yeah, if, if he's going to like Deloitte or Ernst and Young, maybe you see you, you probably need to, you need to suit up for that. Um, yeah, well, you know it's interesting. So we had our uh, networking event last week, mm -hmm. right? Um, I've seen Jay. Uh, so we had Jr. Better shout out to Jay. Jay came and presented uh, the Power Networking Strategy, and I've seen Jay's presentation before. So I wasn't I. Unlike some of the people there, I wasn't taking notes. Mm -hmm. But what I was doing was watching everybody else to see what they were doing. And some were taking meticulous notes. Some were just kind of sitting there and just kind of like looking around. Uh, one person was sitting with their arms crossed. Like, like, guys, you understand, this is not, this, and especially elbows out. Like, this is protected. Like, that's not, that's not good. That's not open body language. Somebody's standing there like this, looking at you like, what did I do? Like, I don't think I want to mess with you right now. You know what I mean? It's, it's that open community. And same thing. I had a client, we talked to a client the other day, and she was trying to create video content and was told that she uh, was using or talking too much with her hands, right? And it, on video, that is especially distracting. So I said, hey, do it like, you know, table manners. 
one hand on the one hand on the desk or in your lap, and one hand on the on the table. And he talk, And this is something that I do too, especially when we do like webinars, which we're not doing a lot of right now. But um, hey, I have to remember because I talk about with my hands. Go back to table manner position, right? So it's not too much. Um, so it's that body language too can really make a difference. I agree. I agree. It's 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 the everything especially in an interview, both on Zoom and in person. And right now, you don't know which one you're going to be asked to do. Yes. Next up, track record. You got star storage ready? Guys, so here's what employers want to know. They want to know, not only can you do the skill, but how you solve the problem. And I said star storage. If you don't know, star is an acronym. It stands for situation, task, action, and result. It's basically a story that is going to be unique to you on how you solve the specific problem. These are going to be the tell me about a time when. And tell me about a time when you had a really tight deadline but still didn't get the project done. How did you accomplish that? And you need to have that ready. Um, you have to have... You have to show how you are a solution to the employer. Can you solve the problem? And so <clears throat> there's three very um, distinct ways to present in a star story. One is the situation that is asked about. Tell me about a time when, give me an example of how did you do, you know, those are the types of questions. You're going to give the actual situation. You're going to give the um, action you took to solve whatever the challenge was. The most important thing that people don't do and they forget or leave out yep. is the result. Yep. If you don't give a result, I don't know if what you did was right or wrong. I don't know if you solved the problem. I don't know if you reached the intended goal for both the company and the person with whom you're challenges with. And so that result is the most important part. They're all important, but the most important part is the result. That's correct. So, you know, tell me about a time you had a difficult client. Here's my, my situation. Um, here's my action. The result was the way it ended. We happened to, you know, whatever it is, give that result. Typically, you want that to be positive. You do, but if it's not, you can also then go into what you're doing to resolve that to what, make it better what next we, time. Yeah, what, what, I, do, what do I learn? stick to the positive ones. And, yes. Marlene, who is now in HR, used to be a coach here, used to really dwell on the negative ones too. I don't like the negative. I personally don't like the negative ones. I've learned this. Have you been able to use that? Well, if the person says no, it's like, hmm. Well, that'd be one. Right. So that's why I stick with the positive. Well, I think I, I no, I I 100% agree. But I have had clients where they start to tell me the story, like, yeah, we lost the customer. I'm like, okay. <laughs> what did you learn from that in losing the Who customer? Wants to hear like, that? I, you know, like in a customer service, yeah, like, oh, we lost the customer. Yeah. And what did you I, learn? It was only a 14 million dollar company, really. Yeah. 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 Um, and the last one is teamwork. Because companies aren't run by one person. Usually you not. need a team. Uh, and then what you want to know is can you bring positivity to the work environment? Um, one of the reasons that teamwork is key is it helps them facilitate learning. Um, also, creative, creative ideas spawn around others. And the other part is it makes you more accountable. If we're working on a project, and I have a very specific piece of the project that, it, that needs to be done, and everybody else has done their pro piece of the project, well, I'm not really helping out my team that much. You're not, and that does happen because sometimes you don't know how to do what you were asked to do. And at the time you were asked, you didn't want the world to know you were able to accomplish that as well or as quickly as you wanted would want to or were asked to. So at that point in time, just so everyone knows, and this goes back to teamwork and communication. And EQ. And EQ. Yeah. You need to go to your team and say, listen, I have never done this. I have no idea how to do it. I need some help. And 
Once you've gotten that help, most likely you'll be able to do your portion, or you may have to be helped all through it because it could be a very involved type of a situation. And so all these different things create a better atmosphere for your team, for yourself. You know, Allison didn't know how to do this. I showed her. I think she's okay. And if Jason were to come over the next day or, or two days later and say, hey, I know you asked for help on this. Did you get it? How are you doing? Is there anything more I can do for you? So that's that team. That, and I think, um, I fully believe that um, cohesiveness in a team is one of the most important things for an organization and for the best result for everybody. It's, it, I agree. Um, because if you are not really fitting in with the team, we have a lack of collaboration and ideas and how to move forward. We, I mean, we were just kicking, we're still kicking around. Like, what we're going to do with the, the, Connected training center mm -hmm. that we have, right? Like, 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 and like, oh, I got an idea, or this might work. Exactly. We can do that. Like, exactly. like, we're still kicking around ideas for it, um, and you know, so far we've got some good ones, but you know, nothing like set. It's but. not set, but if I kept it all to myself and didn't come to the team for assistance or help or ideas or concepts, <clears throat> I'd be up late at night worrying about it. And here. We're all collaborating to be able to come up with solutions, not for a problem, but for something that's new to all of us. Yeah, and I, I think that that in itself is key. The other thing that teamwork uh, helps with is uh, transparency, mm -hmm. right? Like, like you're okay and open to everything that's going on, mm -hmm. um, and like that's another thing too that feeds into the not only the communication but EQ and um, also passion too. All of the above. Yeah. yeah. So the important thing and how we start about all this, you in an interview have to be able to communicate all these different things. And so that practice interview with one of us yep. or a friend or a relative who you can trust who will not be who will give you positive feedback could be about a negative itch, uh, situation within the interview but word it so that you don't get upset or angry or say oh you don't know anything about you know that type of thing you, you want to be able to be cohesive in all of this right well by the way mock interviews are some of the things that we do here at Career and Financial Services Department. So if you need help with a mock interview, you can call 972-437-9950, extension 379. Leave a message, and we'll get back to you to start that process. Thank you for the commercial. And also, too, you know, uh, we're talking about doing, having not us, but somebody, one of our volunteers or two, come in and do like mock interviews mm -hmm. and block of time. Um, I am working on getting on um, Michelle's calendar. <laughs> Michelle is our volunteer coordinator. She, she's a manager, actually. Manager. She's a volunteer manager, and I'm working on getting on her calendar to not only discuss but flesh it out. I've even created an agenda. I'm ready. So, Michelle, I'm waiting on your calendar acceptance. All right, um, we are pretty much about at time, Allison. So let's do our fun question for the day. Michelle, <laughs> Michelle. Um, what is your favorite pizza topping? Oh, um, so I've got uh, pepperoni and mushrooms. That's fair. I I like black olive and mushrooms. And the reason this question came up is because uh, I've had a lot of pizza lately. We had an extra uh, kid this weekend on a sleepover, and, and we, we bought way too many pizzas. So it, I've had a lot of pizza. Um, so I said I was going to give something away, and it's something I haven't given away in, well, this year, because it's January. Um, if you guys would like... If you want to do me a favor, and Allison a favor, and help us grow our audience. By the way, we had consistently 11 people. Oh, welcome, everybody. Um, if you want 
and we want to grow. So if you share this episode, cabinet your career, there's a button right there that says share, share it uh, on your LinkedIn profile, and then uh, let me know that you did. You can tag me in it. And um, by the way, that's the other part. If you're not, we're not connected, you can't, you know, it's hard to tag me. So make sure you, you know, send me a connection request. I'll accept it. Tag me. Let me know that you did I'll it. I'll accept them too. And I, yeah, connect with Allison. And I will uh, send you my LinkedIn optimization PowerPoint deck because somebody else profiles need help out there. And I'm, I'm, I'll send it to you. You can get it. Now I got to do is just share this episode and uh, you'll be able to make your profile pop. So um, next week, we're doing, we're doing a cabinet year career next week, yes? Yes, we are. You, I'm not going to be here. Allison will be here, and you will also have Sheree. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And what is your topic? Do you know? No. Okay. So. <laughs> but what I think it is going to be um, having something to do, we've been getting a lot of requests for information about uh, credit reports, and when companies have to look at your credit scores or um, have to know your credit, um, um, the, the fact that you are credit worthy. Um, and companies do do that for all sorts of jobs. If you're in HR or if you're in accounting or if you're in IT and, and, and customer service or you're dealing with credit cards. So um, we're going to be talking a little bit about that. Cool. Um... Yeah, we got pepperoni, black olive, Yolanda likes pepperoni, Robert Toberson, pepperoni. Oh, Koi said pesto and tomato and garlic. Dude, that's really good. I also, I know it sounds a little weird, but there's what's called a Hawaiian pizza where they put... Um, Pineapples. Yeah. Yeah. I do like that. So does Stephanie. Oh, we have something in common. Yeah. Stephanie is his wife. Stephanie's my wife. Um, all right, guys, this has been Kevin at Your Career. We will see you next week. And until then, everybody, have a great week. Thanks for watching. Have a good week. Bye, everybody. If you have any questions, let us know.